Every year in January, we talk about faith promise. And uh, how many remember what faith promise is? A few people. So faith promise was a program that was started by the United Pentecostal Church International. And it was for the missionaries. We have missionaries all over the world. And our mission, you know, one of the mission statements is the whole gospel to the whole world. But we here, we can't go everywhere, right? We're, we're limited. Um, it would be nice to be able to go and share and preach the gospel in various places and parts of the world. But we can be a part of that. And so missionaries come and they look for partners, partners in missions, and they raise funds. It's a monthly amount. And we normally, a PIM is at $50 a month. So you can do more. Sometimes people do 100 a month. But they go through the United States and they raise uh, funds. And once they get their funds raised, they can go to the country. And then they have the monthly the support that comes in from the various churches. And so uh, it's a way that we can take a part in uh, reaching the entire world, even though maybe we can't go, but, you know, there's people in Moldova that need to know who Jesus is. And so we can be a part of that, even though we might not go. I'd love to go. Right? That'd be great. And so um, what it was is it started out as a faith promise. Here's the idea. Let's say that you earned a certain amount of income every single month, and that's your income. And you've built a budget on, based on that income. You, you know, we all have bills and expenses, and so you've built your budget. But let's say that God decides he's going to give you something extra that's unexpected. Um, and so that's all faith promise is. Faith promise is the unexpected. It's not the normal income. It's not an income that is part of your monthly budget. It's something that's completely unexpected. And it's something that you pray about. And you ask the Lord to lay it on your heart. Whatever that number might be. God, if you lay $100 on my heart, I'll give that $100 if there's an unexpected amount that comes. And... Um, you might feel that it's more than that. And it's the year 2024, and that's how we build our missionary budget because we try to bring missionaries in. And so you pray and you ask the Lord, and we'll hand out the, the sheets next Sunday. But this is a, a time to just pray and ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give? And if you feel like the Lord has given you a certain amount and you pledge that, you don't have to give it if that unexpected amount doesn't come. And I remember um, one year that I did it, and we had a lot of testimonies in the church, and people were like standing and testifying, saying, man, I already have my faith promised, and it's February. Unexpected checks came in, things that they didn't plan on. And so I've given my faith promise. My mom even called me and said, um, I've already given my faith promise, but I still have unexpected checks coming in. What should I do? I said, well, you've 
met your commitment. <laughs> and so, um, but there's Christy, my little sister. It's like getting October. She's like, okay, how come everyone else is getting blessed? <laughs> Remember Christy? They're like, everyone else is standing and testifying that, you know, God gave them all these unexpected checks. Things they didn't expect came in the mail. And so they were able to meet their faith promise obligation. And, uh, but I haven't, and I said, well, if it doesn't come in, Christy, you know, that the way that faith promise works is you ask the Lord to lay it, whatever that number might be on your heart. And if it doesn't come in, Christy, when did it come in? End of December. <laughs> So we had, have had a lot of great stories, a lot of things like that. And so this year, we definitely have two missionaries that are coming this year. And I have the dates. Uh, I've, I've written them down. And um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say uh, where the first one is from. But it's uh, Wednesday nights is all that was available because I didn't get on it fast enough. So this is April 17th. We have uh, Nancy Mansfield. And it, she, it has the nation here, but it says sensitive nation. So I don't know if I'm allowed to say that over a live recording. Sometimes some of these countries that they're going into, it's not safe. And it's like a covert thing, you know, people go in there. So I'm not, so it says sensitive nation, so I'm not going to say what that is. I'm not, I don't know if I'm allowed to, but I can show it to you after service if you're interested. And then the other one is August 14th, uh, Daniel and Christine Patterson to Romania. And so those are the missionaries that we have coming this year. And we also have, is it February 11th, Jesse? Okay, we have a special uh, missionary service February 11th and Jesse's going to come and give a presentation that's coming up in February we're going to make him do another presentation after he gets back but um, so what uh, faith promises is it helps us to establish our budget we have missionaries that we give to now it's $50 a month we committed to that this past year we had uh we had four missionaries come through. We only planned for three, but we got an extra bonus. And so we've had missionaries come through, and we want to try to partner with them. And so we have a missionary board out there. You can kind of see missionaries from around the world. We don't support all of them, but we like to try to bring... It's a, those are nice services to have those missionaries come. You get to see what's going on in different countries, different parts of the world. And... Um, so that's what my son and I, when was this? What night was this, Jesse? That we had a talk? Last Saturday, a week ago yesterday, we just sat and we talked about missions. We sat and talked about uh, what his burden is. And so it's a great burden to be able to have and to go and to, to reach out and uh, to be doing what the Lord would have you to be doing. So we're really excited about that. So, um, and then, um, Brother Bloss, would you like to announce how the Bible quizzing teams did yesterday? Yes.
Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, so uh, last couple days we were in Merced. This was like the first kind of real tournament. I know we had the novice quizzers last week in Exeter. Um, Christy gave a report on that last week. But um, So we had an intermediate team, and we had an experienced team. Um, yeah, the, I mentioned earlier about Judah. He did uh, intermediate team. They took first place out of 12 teams. Yeah. And Judah's being super modest right here. He's just like all casual, you know, but uh, so humble, humble Judah there. Um, but I know I've, obviously I've seen my nieces and nephews quiz throughout the years. And, you know, Judah's always been kind of like in the background, just kind of, you know, he's, he's the last child, right? I mean, Jesse's done his thing. Rosette's done her thing. Rochelle's done her thing. You know, Joel um, going to nationals and all that. And there's... There's Judah just kicking back and, and, and behind the scenes there. But, yeah, he, he uh, stepped up big time. The team did great. Uh, we have uh, the, the Baca family. They're quizzing with us, too. Um, and they've been a valuable asset to our quiz program. We really appreciate their family. They have a great family. They're uh, starting a daughter work in Kingsburg. Amen. So I uh, appreciate their family. They're doing awesome in quizzing, too. Uh, so one of their, his daughter, Penelope, she's on the intermediate team, Bubs. Um, and then we got the girls back there, Tina and, and Ray. Um, so, yeah, a great, great effort in there and what they did yesterday. <laughs> Amen. So we're excited about that first place. And then our, our experience team, um, they took fourth. They did get, you know, we did get two trophies. The Bacas, they took them home with them, right? So it's all right. Um, um, we actually don't have room for trophies anymore. It's like, uh, where do we put these trophies, right? So sell them on eBay, I don't know. But, um, um, but yeah, the experienced team, they, they took fourth out of eight teams, right, Caleb? Yeah, eight teams. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe hoping a little bit. I mean, he doesn't look too excited, but, um, you know, I think they were hoping to do better. But that's all right. You know, first tournament, yeah, lot of, lots of tournaments to go. So, um, they did, they, did, they did great nonetheless, but yeah, we had a great time, and uh, I think we have two tournaments in February coming up. We'll, we'll see if we do both or not, but um, yeah, we're, we're excited about that. So overall, great, great weekend for quizzing. Amen. Praise God. So... Um... Uh, so I was very thankful to be getting those reports yesterday and Friday night. So our uh, Bible quizzing team and Tina and Ray. Man, I'm just so glad these girls have started memorizing. It's hard. It's hard to, you know, you first start learning and then you go to a tournament where everyone has a lot of experience. So it's tough. It's tough. And so, um, but I'm so thankful that they have taken time to start memorizing scripture. It's a, it's, it's a challenge. It takes consistency. It takes um, work. But anyways, I have um, way more information that I could share. But I just want to talk to you today about tithes and offerings. This is our yearly annual faith promise service. Um, so what is tithes and offerings? Anybody know? Huh? 
Okay? It actually means tenth. Tithe actually means tenth. And what's offerings? What percentage is that? Right. So there's not really a given percentage in Scripture of what offerings. So tithe actually means tenth. Tenth. So let's look at Malachi chapter 3. I have uh, more notes than we can possibly cover today, but I'm just going to hit some highlights. Malachi chapter 3, let's start at, let's say, verse 8. Um, and it says this, Will a man rob God? Yet ye say, or yet ye have robbed me, God says. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Okay, so that's, so tithe. Tithe means one-tenth. But you'll notice that there was something in these verses that had an S on the end of it, which is plural. Right? Tithe, plural is tithes. And so they didn't just have one tithe. So they had a first, a second, and a third tithe. We think, um, well, we pay tithes. Do you pay tithes or a tithe? Right? We just pay one-tenth. But in the Old Testament, the Levites, the Levitical, Levitical priesthood, we're not going to go through all the scriptures that talked about the first tithe, the second tithe, and the third tithe. Each one of those did something different. Thankfully, in the church, we mainly just pay one tithe. Um, and so there is some debate. There's some people that are going around saying, hey, is tithing a New Testament thing? Where did... Uh, so this past week, somebody sent me a debate to watch and wanted to get my opinion on it. And it was a bit debate on this very subject, tithing. And it's almost two hours long. And I was listening to it. And as I was driving, and I got about uh, to the place where there's only 40 minutes left. I didn't quite finish it. And, but I was amazed at they weren't hitting very important points. Number one, offerings. There is no given percentage on offerings. And they were, one guy seemed to be confusing tithe versus offering. They're two different things. And tithe, when you study scripture, uh, it usually is tied together with first fruits, which is the first tenth. It's the first tenth. So it's not even possible to give an offerings unless you've done a tithe. Tithe had a very specific purpose. I'm going to read to you some just a little bit out of this. Tithing. Uh, let me read this. Well, man, there's so many scriptures. I can't read them all. Hmm. How much? How much should I go? Uh, let, me, let me read this. Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 through 33. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the food of the tree is the Lord's. That's a very key, important thing to notice. The tithe is the Lord's. That tenth. 
It is um, <clears throat> the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. When I was a youth pastor in Las Banas, they taught every leader in the church is to give 10% tithes and 5% offerings. I never heard such a thing in my life. And so one day I went to the church office. The pastor was not there, but the assistant pastor was there. And I said, where does it say in the Bible to give 5% offerings? I've never seen a percentage on offerings. And he said, I don't know. Assistant pastor said, I don't know. He said, maybe it's this verse. And he gave it to me, this verse right here. And so I'm in like 19 or 20 years old and I left and I go and I'm reading and I said, fifth part, fifth does not mean 5%. Anyone know how to convert a fifth into percentage? It's 20%. Michael Sivo, he's on his math right there. <laughs> that guy's sharp, I could tell. 95% on that plumbing test. It's a math test. So it, it is 20%, and this is what they would add in addition, right? And concerning the tithe of the herd, verse 32, or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. And if he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. So the first tithe, uh, it belonged to the Lord, not to the congregation. It was used entirely to support the ministry of the Lord's congregation, the first tithe. It was compensation for the ministry not having an inheritance in the land. It was a tithe that was always due. And if a man had not given all his tithe, after three years, God added a 20% interest charge. Every three years, the tithe payer had to give an accounting. And we see that in Luke, Leviticus 27, 30. Thank you, Gigi. That's so nice. She's really nice people. <laughs> Simpatica. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, so the second tithe um, also belongs to the Lord. That's important key. And not to the congregation. It was a second tithe that was required every year. And the text specifies that the Levite's portion, the first tithe, was not to be used for this purpose. So two different tithes. People say, oh, tithes and 10%, that's so hard. Well, in the Old Testament, they gave 30% in tithes. Just, just so you know, we just give 10%. <laughs> um, so the first tithe was not to be used for the, this purpose. The second tithe was given to the ministry to be used for the festivities and functions of the congregation that were known as the feasts of the Lord. Every man ate from his portion of the second tithe during the set feast of the Lord. The ministry also was allowed all that they needed and wanted of this tithe to be eaten during the feast. This tithe was to be eaten only in the place where the Lord chose to place his name. So... This requirement also ensured the attendance of the people to the set feasts. So this second tithe also was required every year. The third tithe um, also belongs to the Lord. It's a different tithe. And it's not to the congregation. It was to be given every third year only, 
not every year as were the first two. It was to be given to the ministry for distribution to the poor, the strangers, and also to themselves so that all could eat and be satisfied. It was to provide for the welfare of members of the congregation as directed by the qualifications of God's word. The ministry was responsible for the proper distribution of this third tithe. Of the three tithes, only this third one could be delayed. It was only due every third year. So it was, however, uh, if it was not given on a time, timely manner, a penalty of 20%, one-fifth was to be added to it. So no, now this is an important note that I just want everyone to see. No, just think about this. No facility of worship was ever built or maintained by any of the three tithes. None of them. Every facility of worship was built by the offerings. So the only way tithes can rightly be used for purposes other than the support of the ministry is for that ministry to return some of the tithes as their own offerings for those purposes. So thankfully, we don't pay three tithes. I just pay, we just pay that first tithe. Thank the Lord. You know, we thought 10% was a lot, but um, one guy, one of my buddies at work, he called me. He, he, um, he calls me ever so often. He's visited here a time or two with his wife. And he would call me and ask me opinions. Uh, tithes. Do I pay tithes 10% on the gross or on the net? And I said, well, it's the first fruits. So do we want God to bless our gross or our net? So I said, I always pay on the gross amount. Um, and he told me this recently, this past year, he, I swung by, he lives off of Sunrise, swung by and he said he had something for me and he'd asked if I'd swing by his place. I swung by and he said, I'll never forget what you told me about tithing that day. And he goes, and ever since then, I've been paying that way and the Lord has really blessed us. So no facility of worship is ever built off the tithing. It's off the offerings. So offerings, what do offerings do? Sometimes we have on our tithing envelopes, we differentiate between tithes and offerings. If we followed the biblical model, tithing only went to ministry. It was their livelihood. And offerings went to all the expenses of the temple, the tabernacle, the house of the Lord. And so, and you know, we have all these things. The first goal of our church is it should be of any church as that church starts and it begins to grow and build is to have the ministry full time because you know that in pastoral ministry, there is a lot of things that uh, it's a big job description and it's, it can be very, um, it can be very time-consuming. It can take all of your time, if need be. And so there are a lot of responsibilities. There's a lot of, you're dealing with people, and people have issues. And um, I sometimes, uh, the, I, I've shared this once before, but I, when I went to ALI that year, I've shared this before, they asked me to speak. You know, they had different people speak in each devotion. And so my, my devotion that I spoke about was compassion fatigue. 
And one day, literally, I was on the, the receiving phone calls and my second phone was ringing. And I got off that one, went, called that one back, and then got off that one, called that one back. As I'm on the phone, my neighbor, Matt, walked over. He was waiting to talk to me. And so just one thing after another and a lot of situations, crisis. People have crisis. And, um, and it was during the time of when we had those fires and um, Kathy and a lot of them were displaced and they were in that campsite. It was during that time. And so just one phone call after another, can we do this? And, and you know, some of it's just, uh, can the church do this? Can we provide meals? Some of it was very simple questions. And at the end of it, that night, I told my wife, I don't think I could take another phone call. <laughs> I said, I am wore out because, you know, compassion, you try to, you love people. You try to, it takes your energy, has a way of just zapping you of your energy. And so I was um, reading there and it says his compassions, they fail not. They never fail. And so I might get weary. I might get tired, but his compassions, they never fail. And so that's what I spoke about at ALI. So sometimes this, sometimes it's a job that uh, sometimes you'll go for a period of time, no phone calls. And then sometimes you get a lot. So there's crisis, there's situations. So the goal of the church is to be able to hopefully get that pastor in full-time ministry to be able to work the ministry. And that's, so that's the goal. And that's been a goal for this church. And so first, second, and third tithe, we, uh, so tithing is something that we specify. We put it on there. But offerings is, it's not the same as tithes. It goes above and beyond that. Um, this um, faith promise is not the same as tithes or offerings. When you get your statement at the end of the year, Christy does such a good job working all that, all, all that um, you're going to see what you gave total. And there's different categories that we give to. There's different things, different ways that we give. For years, I never spoke about any of this until Brother Jeremy said, you never talk about tithes and offerings, so you need to talk about it. And so I was listening to this debate, and this guy was saying, well, New Testament there's no tithing because we have don't we don't have the tribe of Levi anymore. We don't have the Levites. But you have to remember tithing happened before the law. Jacob paid tithes, Abraham paid tithes. So it's a pre-law ordinance. It was established by God before the law. Abraham, I mean the Ten Commandments weren't written. There was no Moses' law, and Abraham was paying tithes to Melchizedek. And Jacob paid tithes. And so you have these examples of tithing. It was a pre-law. We don't have the Levites. We don't have all those separate second and third tithes that we feel like that, we, that apply to us today. But we do still have the, the first tithe that for ministry. That's the goal. And so... Um, I'm going to read this. This is what Brother Readout wrote. He said this, 
I have not found any reference in scripture or in history that the three tithes are required since the one temple was destroyed, but every house of worship needs biblical support. Thus the tithe, the first 10% of all increase, should be given to the ministry. Some percentage of your income should be designated for the facility of worship, the building, and the celebrations. And some percentage should be designated for those who do not have their own support, like missionaries or missions to the lost. Do the best you can in the second two areas, but in all you're doing, trust in the Lord. Because in Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 5, it says this. I think it's verse 5, right? Proverbs chapter 3. I copied and pasted it, but this is a, there's more scriptures than I can go through here. So I'm trying to skip. Uh, where did I put this? <laughs> I'm not sure if I have the right scripture. Yeah, so let's just read it off of here. I know it's on here somewhere. This is probably take two hours to read all this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse six, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Verse seven, be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. Verse eight, it shall be health to thy navel, marrow to thy bones. Verse nine, honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. So that's how we can honor the Lord. Verse 10. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. So there is a argument out there. And they're saying this is all Old Testament. We don't have to give tithes anymore. We have scripture that says to give. So there's not a designated percent. But we don't have anything in scripture that tells us that tithes is done away with. For example, Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, Jesus said, maybe we can pull that up here. Won't you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. These which are ju uh, judgment, mercy, and faith, these ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. So, these are some scriptures. I want to read this here. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I want to start at verse 6. And I was surprised. I'm not really sure because I didn't listen to the entire debate. But they didn't. the one guy that was defending tithes in the New Testament did not bring up this scripture. At least to the point that I was, had gotten to. And so I was a little surprised. Um, but it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. Or I only and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? Who goeth a warfare any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk of the flock? Say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? And I love this verse. For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox, that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Like that ox is treading out the corn. They don't put a muzzle on it because that ox, if it's hungry, can just put his head and start eating. You know, don't he, God even cares for oxen. And 
Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If, now Paul's saying, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Verse 13. Do ye not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? So we're talking about the Levites, right? They ministered about holy things, but they lived of the things of the temple. And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. These Levites, these priests. Now look at the very next two words. Even so. So they, th those two words were comparing, comparing something to the way these Old Testament Levites, they partook of the things of the temple. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things, neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me. For it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. It, but if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. How much was the ox able to eat if he was not muzzled? So the preachers to live from the things brought into the temple. He's to get all he wants when we make that comparison. Paul took nothing from the Corinthians because of their own attitudes. He was able to do this because he received support in the form of offerings from other churches. And he also had a secular job that he worked when necessary. He was a tent maker, the Apostle Paul. So there's a lot of scriptures that talk about tithes. There's a lot of scriptures that talk about offerings. And there is a difference. And so sometimes people don't know how to differentiate. And I was listening to this debate and watching this debate. And I'm like, oh, man. And the person that sent it to me asked me what I thought. And I was thinking, well, really, I was a little irritated because they didn't know what they were talking about. And they were really mean to each other. They, called, they were calling each other dumb and names. And I'm like, let's just get to the, to the meat and let's just talk. And there just was a lot of just yelling and and I just, I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, it got me thinking about it because I used to uh, be in Las Banas. I was a youth pastor. And when I was there, the pastor told me, he said, uh, you could be in full-time ministry here. We'll take care of your room and your board. If you have any other expenses like car insurance or anything that you need to do, you can get a little side job to take care of those, but we'll take care of your room and your board. 
And so there was a guy in the church that had a business. He had two businesses, uh, a carpet cleaning business and an acoustic ceiling tile called Acoustic Glow. And so I worked for him. And um, I knew I learned how to clean carpets, you know, steam cleaning. And years went by, and there was a big church split down there. It was very terrible, everything that happened. And, you know, I had left before that church split took place. But uh, I decided to look him up, and he is one of those people that just totally is against tithing in the New Testament. And uh, he even wrote a book called The Tithe That Binds. And uh, so I started learning about this. There's this group of people, this. And so I've talked to some of them over the phone. I've read some of their books. I've read some of their material. And, but it all comes back down to this is something that's an ordinance that God established that he never got rid of that. That was something that was in the Old Testament. He never told people to not pay tithes, but we do see the New Testament, the ministry in the New Testament receiving income. We see the Apostle Paul, a lot of other scriptures, and don't have time to go through it all. Um, you know, there's, I probably spent about a tenth of the time compared to all these scriptures. But anyways, that's basically it in a nutshell. Um, offerings is as you feel the Lord lays on your heart. And there is also something that's sacrificial giving. And sacrificial giving, very few people give sacrificially. The women, uh, the woman who, uh, that widow, she gave of all her living everything that she had. Jesus said, she's given more than everyone else. They have given of their abundance, right? So I, if I have a million dollars in my bank account, I might throw in a hundred thousand. It doesn't hurt me at all. But she gave of her living, everything that she had. It was everything she needed. It was the only money she had. And so most of us don't ever give that sacrificially where we give of our living everything that we have. And so there are some people who have felt the need to uh, give sacrificially. So when I was younger, Brother Johnny Garrison had a message, and it was called Selling Out. And he became a missionary to Nigeria. And I remember that he said that he sold his house, they were going to be missionaries, and the Lord told him to give everything to missions. So he gave the whole thing to missions. I was thinking, man, that guy is crazy. I can't imagine myself doing that, you know? It's nice to have a little comfort backup, right? But he gave it all. And every time he had, he goes, I can't, he goes, every time I have money, I give it away. I give it to missions. And the Lord blessed him. The Lord pro provided for him. So many times, most of us haven't really gotten to that place where we give sacrificially. But it's something that we pray about. We ask the Lord, what would you have us to give? What would you want us to give? And so this uh, missionary support, I think, is important because we want to be a church that gives. We want to be a church that blesses other missionaries around the world. And obviously, we, we're not, no one's here super wealthy, you know, I don't think. Maybe some of you are. At least I'm not super wealthy. Some of you guys might be. Uh, you know, to Christy, my sister, 
I've shared, I shared this last year that um, I had asked her, you know, uh, we were talking about money and she said something about $100 being pocket change. <laughs> I said, can I have some of your pocket change? <laughs> Just the pocket change. Do you remember that, Christy? And I thought, man, I'm not asking for anything else. Just some of your pocket change. This was really nice. Because $100 is a lot to me. I don't know any, about anyone else. No. Um, but uh, so, yeah, that's what it is. I'm not, um, you know, we have an offering box right there. And there's little envelopes. And I did this a number of years ago. We don't rarely pass around an offering plate. And I've gotten a little bit of criticism from visiting ministers saying, hey, you didn't pass around an offering plate. You need to do that. And the reason why, I'm going to just be honest with you, is because I've been to uh, conventions where they're like, who will give $100? Oh, thank you, Holly. Uh, Holly, where are you from? Placerville? Oh, Holly Knox, thank you for giving $100. All right. Uh, brother, Carrie McAtee, $1,000. Thank you, Carrie McAtee. $1,000. All right. All right. Who will give $10,000? All right. <laughs> Joshua, he'll give $10,000. Thank you, Joshua. And, uh, <laughs> and I... And to be honest with you, I never raised my hand because I thought, well, if our church is going to give me anything, I'm not going to get any credit because I think it's, if there's something about it to give in secret, you know, so he can reward you openly. And so it's, to me, it's a private matter. And I've told my sister, Christy, who collects the money and does the things, I said, this is a very private thing. People want to be able to give privately, and so um, that's what we do. Uh, we don't pass and say, all right, Christy, could, could, anyone, how about 200? All right, 250, thank you, Brother Blas Martinez. <laughs> so, we, don't, I, I just, we just haven't done it, but, and I've had a few people, a few ministers say, I think you'd get more offerings if you passed an offering plate. And uh, sometimes you'll see churches that they put the offering plate and then they march by rows. To me, that was just very uncomfortable. To me, it's, it's making a show of it. And I, I'm, I'm not throwing rocks at nobody. I don't want to do that. It's just, I just have felt uncomfortable with that. Because to me, I'd, I'd want to be able to give between me and the Lord privately and not make a big issue. So we don't talk about it a lot. We don't make phone calls and give you a hard time if you didn't give. And another thing that I feel very uncomfortable with is knowing who gives. I'm very uncomfortable with that. I never ask, call Christy and say, hey, how much did so-and-so give this week? I don't do it. And one of the reasons why is when I was a youth pastor, the pastor would look to see who gave. And like, he would say, okay, if you didn't give an offering, I'm not, don't come to me for counseling. If you have an issue, don't call me for counseling. And I was just like, what? So I just said, it's just better for me <laughs> just to not know <laughs> at all. I would have just rather not know. It's just, that's just my personal uh, 
personal preference. I'm not saying that people are wrong for knowing, but this is kind of how we do things. We're trying to do things professionally, uh, correctly, and um, have accountability. We just want to try to do everything right. Um, so that's how we do it. Any questions? A lot of scriptures, a lot of things that you could talk about, but, um, you know, I've, I don't know about anyone else, but I've, uh, the Bible says God loveth a cheerful giver, you know, and the last time, uh, just this past week, when I went to Tithely and I put money in, I was like, thank you, God. I'm like, I'm very thankful that I'm able to do this. And um, so I heard somebody say, you can't outgive God. Anyone heard that before? Which I think is true. But then um, the other side of that coin is what? (laughs) You can't can't out-stingy God. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I never thought about that. (laughs) <laughs> yes, mother. Uh, so it's 20% of the tithe. So, and that's something that they would keep track of every th- three years in the Old Testament. Um, and usually the way that I do it is I like to be the first dollar that's spent off my paycheck. I would like that to go to the church because to me that's first fruits. I feel really bad if I start spending before I've paid my tithes and offerings. So that's kind of like how I to do it, like to do it. Some people get paid... Uh, I mean, I don't think it's a big crisis if, you know, you don't pay your tithes and offerings. You forget, and you're like, oh, I didn't pay. And then, you you know, I don't think, I, I'm not keeping track. <laughs> I'm not keeping track. I have no idea who gives what. I have no clue. And so, um, uh, to me, there's been times I've forgotten. But personally, that's what I try to be the first thing, you know, because I feel better about it. I'm like, oh, I could spend now. <laughs> Pay tithes and offerings, I can go spend. <laughs> so that's just me personal. That's just my personal thoughts. But anybody else? All right, that's good. I answered everyone's questions. That's great. <laughs> um, we do have... Um, We have in our bylaws and articles of incorporation, we have levels of membership. There's three different levels. And most churches have it this way. When, you come, when it comes to voting, uh, there's uh, membership uh, requirements. And a lot of times when they go to vote, uh, that is one of the things in most churches, you know, it's one of the lists of, on uh, what it means to be a member. And so not everyone who comes at, has met all the qualifications of membership. 
But um, so sometimes that is, uh, this is one of the things that um, some churches won't allow th those individuals to vote. Um, but see, I never know who, <laughs> who gives or not. So uh, in the past, I'm like, oh, you're 18, let's vote. <laughs> and so I, I probably haven't done that right. Uh, but anyways, um, legally, we, there's some things that, you know, that we have to do for, that we're supposed to do. And the different levels of membership also, and then gets into leadership. There's different requirements, understanding what the church teaches, preaches, doctrine, all those kind of things. So anyways, I think that answers most of the questions. Sorry I, have, sorry, I had to do this. I didn't have to do it, but we've been, I try to do it every January. So people kind of have an understanding uh, of what it, what it is. Yes, sister. Every year. Yeah. No. And third tithe was paid once every three years. And so you got to hear what I read to you by Brother Readout about the three tithes, which I'm, I'm thankful Brother Readout wrote that. <laughs> so I've never given a 30% tithe. Maybe some of you have, but... Um, well, <laughs> um, you know, um, yeah, that's what she was asking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think uh, technically, um, I'm not a real big math. Um, I like math, but as far as the tax code and all that kind of stuff, a lot of times when you have those write-offs, it helps get you into a lower percentage. So when you get that tax return, um, did you pay tithes on all that? I don't know. I don't know how to figure that all that out mathematically, but it seems like you probably would have, but I don't know. I have never sat down and tried to figure it out. So a lot of times since I do pay on the gross, I do try to give an offering at least for my tax return. But I don't know. I, I've never stopped to figure it out mathematically. I've heard different arguments on it, but I can't say that I've thoroughly studied. Brother Macti might have. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because of the different. And there's times when I felt like because of the child tax credits and stuff that I got definitely more back than I paid in taxes. Yeah, so just, yeah. <laughs> yes, amen. These are good questions. I, I hope it just helps 
you guys understand just a little bit. Um, but yeah, we just, just once a year, because I think a lot of people don't understand it. And they don't understand what, the, what is the difference between tithes and offerings and, and the different things. And so in the, in the olden days, in the olden days, uh, they used to have a fundraising arm of the church called Ladies Auxiliary. And these ladies would do fundraisers to help raise funds for the church and for the bills and things of the church. But some of these ministers, and this is where they get 5% from, they started figuring out the average bills of a church, and they figured if everyone gave 5%, it would help cover the bills of the church. So in my offerings, when I help my children set up their budgets, I say at least give 5%. If you feel like giving more, you can always give more just because that'll help with the bills of the church. So I, when I first do their budgets and I work with them, that's what I try to get them set up on because that's what elders have taught me. It's, there's nothing that gives a percentage in Scripture. It's according as every man purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. God loveth a cheerful giver. So <clears throat> it's nice to be able to give. And um, I love the idea of giving. Um, you know, my, uh, I, you know, I've shared this before, but uh, it's just, I, we have eight children, and um, sometimes they're like, Dad, can I? And I'd love to be able to share. I really do. And uh, I'll buy 10 packs of gum, and I'll say, hey, you guys want gum? And love to share with them if I can. So anyways, giving is just such, such a great feeling, and to be able to give to God, be able to give to his work, it's just it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Amen. So I think that's it. And next week, I'm going to have Sister Patty. She's going to come say something a little bit about missions. I'll maybe have you uh, go ahead and hand out uh, the faith promise slips. Just be praying about it. If you feel the Lord lays a certain number on your heart that you want to give towards missionaries, that's what uh, faith promise is. And uh, we have missionaries that we already pay a monthly uh, partner in missions too. And then also we have a couple new ones coming this year. And then we want to give Jesse a good offering. He's from our church. So, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, it's so good to have the Maccatees here. And, um, yes. And I know how uh, um, I thought about this. I thought about how hard it would be to not have one of my children. Um, that would be very difficult. You know, you, they, they're a part of your life. Every day you, you get used to them being around. And, and um, <clears throat> I really did my best to try to make a connection with Ashley. I tried to get eye contact with her and tell her hi. I just wanted to, I wanted to see the spark in her eye. I just wanted to see her reaction response towards me. And she would go for my watch. <laughs> she just, I, I was paying her some attention to her, so I guess that, figured, that means, you, oh, watch. <laughs> and so, um, so just the few connections I made with her, 
I, you know, I really did try. I'd always, sometimes she'd be on that little iPad or whatever tablet. I'd go, hi, she'd go. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes no eye contact, whatever. So, but, um, so um, we're going to do something, hopefully, here is the goal, if we can. And um, we'll have uh, dates to talk about uh, in the coming little while. We'll have it all figured out, hopefully. So, amen. All right, I'm going to have Brother McAtee pray in closing.